0: Of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. It was quite possibly the most epic end to a dinner party in the history of the world. If you go to London still today, number 16, St. James Square, you can find a plaque commemorating the events of that dinner party. The original building is long since gone, having been replaced by the one that stands there now, the home of the East India Club. But up front, there's that pretty little plaque telling the story of Mrs. Bame's dinner party on June 21st, 1815. Everybody who was anybody in London was there, and all the topic of conversation was... Napoleon. You see, a couple hundred years ago, Napoleon Bonaparte was the most feared enemy on the planet. He had risen from relative obscurity and had become ruler of a good chunk of Europe. His strategic and tactical brilliance at war was unmatched. It's still studied today. In the winter of 18. he had fought 57 battles and had only ever lost one. And he never had lost a war. He just gobbled up country after country. He became the the leader of France and then quickly conquered Egypt and then Belgium and then Holland and Italy and Austria and, and a big chunk of Germany And Poland and Spain. What if he came for England next? English parents used to use him as a scare tactic to get their kids to behave. Misbehave and Boney the Boogeyman will come and get you. Let me read for you a lullaby that was popular at this time. A lullaby that parents sang to their children. Here we go. Baby, baby, naughty baby, hush, you squalling thing I say, peace, this instant, peace, or maybe Bonaparte will pass this way. And I should probably stop reading the lullaby there because it gets into some details that are probably a bit too graphic for some of the ears here tonight. I'll just kind of sum up, give you the rough strokes that that mom and dad were saying, hey, if Bonaparte hears you, he's going to come and tear you limb from limb and then eat you. Might make you question English parenting. But, you can understand the fear. For 20 years, the Napoleonic Wars have been raging. Hundreds of thousands of British men have been killed or wounded. Something like 311,000. When the enemy is strong and the warfare long, It can seem a dark night whose next day will never dawn. Have you ever experienced one of those nights? Or weeks? Or seasons of life where the darkness just won't seem to break? Where the bad things in life just won't get better? Know that darkness and that fear because we are living in a broken world. And watch the news. Walk your neighborhood, witness your own life. You'll see it. Ever since Adam and Eve decided to serve themselves instead of God, all humanity has been suffering the plague of a broken world and those enemies. Sin and death and the devil and guilt and shame have been waging war nonstop. Sometimes it feels like the darkness is winning, like the war will never end, like the day will never break. But 2,000 years ago, the dark of the Judean night was pierced by a light laden with promise. The messenger appeared to those shepherds and announced that God was was fulfilling his ancient proclamation. He had come to save his people from the darkness, from the brokenness, from the sin. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What could it be? What did this messenger know? What was the good news of great joy? Major Henry Percy had news, big news. But he just couldn't quite get it where it needed to go. You see, Major Percy was an aide de camp for. Uh, The Duke of Wellington, the British general who was in command of the Allied armies battling against Napoleon at a place called Waterloo. The carnage was catastrophic 50,000 casualties in that one battle. But the Allied forces won. They defeated Napoleon. They, they captured two of his regimental colors, those 10-foot those tall standards with the big gold eagle on top and the French tricolor down the side. Visible and physical evidence of, of a total and absolute defeat for Napoleon, the fact that the British had them. This news had to get back to England. The people had to know that, that the enemy was defeated, that the war was over. And so Major Percy took the dispatch from General Wellington and those two big golden eagles and made a beeline for London. It's just, he couldn't quite get there. He hustled to the coast, got on a ship to cross the English Channel, but but as soon as they got out into the middle of the channel, there was no wind. And so they just sat there. And this, of course, was in the days before wireless communication, steamships, cables, telegraphs. The most significant news of the century sat languishing in the middle of the English Channel waiting for wind. Two days after the battle, still no one in England knew what had happened. And if you don't know the news of the victory, you are still living in fear of the enemy, unaware of, of the absolute reversal that has taken place. That's exactly what that angel fixed for those shepherds sitting in darkness, thinking that the brokenness of the world was just rolling on unabated. He brought good news of great joy. Here it is, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Major Percy carried two 10-foot poles on his mad dash to London because they were physical evidence of the message of victory that he was carrying. They were tangible proof for that victory yet unseen. When God sent his messengers to give the good news of great joy, the news of a new era of God's victory, he sent physical evidence, proof. The angel says, Go and see the sign, the proof a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Why that? Why was the sign of God's new era of victory a weak little baby in a humble, smelly manger? There was a reason the messenger was glorious but the child of the message was not. There was a reason The promises were huge, but the promise keeper was what? Seven pounds, three ounces, something like that? The reason is that the infinite God was making himself small. The all-powerful God was making himself weak. The immortal God was making himself human so that he could die. Yeah, that baby in the manger would grow up to be the man that looked... No more special than that humble baby in the manger until the day it happened. When God made small and God made weak and God made human proved that he was also God made mortal. That's the day that Jesus died on the cross. But his death means life for you and me. His death means victory for us. Because God took all of the wrong I had done, and He said, well, I will punish my child instead. Jesus will pay the price so that you don't have to. Jesus will die so that you never will. Jesus will suffer the pain of hell so that you can be with me forever in heaven. And now go see the sign, see the proof. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. Three names with such huge significance. A Savior. That was His job. That was His work. He came to save us. The Christ, that's the Greek word for Messiah. That's the Hebrew word. They both mean the same thing. The, The fulfiller of every prophecy. The keeper of every one of God's promises and the Lord. This was God himself coming to accomplish what we never could. This is good news that needs to be shared. Major Percy could relate to that sentiment. Stuck in the middle of a windless channel, he finally decided to lower the the lifeboat and he and four other soldiers got in and rowed for three hours straight covering the 15 miles between where they were and and the English shore and when they got there they hopped into a carriage, the the gold standards uh, hanging out the the back and, and sped on their way to London. They needed to get this message to the future King George IV, but where was he? Well... Everybody who was anybody in London was at the dinner party of Mrs. Bain at number 16, St. James Square. The king had attended with some of his friends. The dinner had been served and now cleared, and there was to be dancing as the, the well-to-do and well-dressed members of London's elite were lining up for that first dance. In through the door burst Major Percy, his, his scarlet uniform stained with the mud and blood of battle. For six days he had been wearing those bloody clothes. And he bore in his hands for all to see the, the proof those ten foot tall standards with the gold eagle on top and the French tricolors down the side also stained with blood. He, he pushed his way through the lines of stunned dancers, made his way to the royal platform, and set down those golden eagles at the king's feet with the greatest message of the century. Victory, sire. Victory. It marked the end of twenty years. Of war. It marked a new era. I wonder what the shepherds were thinking when they looked at that physical proof of God's new era of victory, wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I can't tell you for certain what they were thinking, but I can tell you what they did with that news. Look at verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. God went to war for us. The evidence he laid down, like those gold standards and and the French tricolors, What God placed in view of all humanity was the evidence of God made flesh. A baby born not just for us, not just to us, but of us. He was one of us. That's the kind of Savior we have, one of us, born into our darkness and brokenness so that He could lift us up out of it. The best kind of news is good news that's spent for you. At number 16, St. James Square, you can read a plaque about the amazing good news from Major Percy that brought a dramatic end to Mrs. Bain's dinner party. But the good news of great joy that the angels have for us tonight promises something far better than the end of war in Europe. He gives promises that matter for our here and now and our hereafter. The promise that one day soon all of your troubles will be transformed. All of your hurts will be healed. All of your wrongs will be righted. I don't know what brought all of you into this church tonight. Maybe for some of you it's just what you do. It's Christmas Eve. Every Christmas of your lives you've been at Christmas Eve service. And for others, maybe it's been a bit. And there may be some that this is the first time ever in a church. And you're just kind of cautiously poking around the edges to to see what it's all about. But whichever it is, I can tell you that, that you and I, we came to this church tonight broken in our own unique ways. Maybe your brokenness is the, the result of some poor choices you've made. Maybe it has nothing to do with your choices. And it's just the fact that, that you're living in a broken world. But either way, I've got news for you. It's good news. The battle for mankind was joined the night God's Son entered our human race. God had come to do what you could not do for yourselves. In Jesus, we have one who stood in our place, who fought our fight, who paid our price, who died our death, and who rose victoriously. Which means that in Jesus, you have the peace of the forgiveness of sins and a relationship with God. The best kind of news is good news that's meant for you. This is tonight's good news of great joy. It's the promise that one day soon, yes, your troubles will be transformed. Your hurts will be healed. Your wrongs will be made right. Because God the Father laid down his son in Bethlehem's manger and said, Victory, sir. Victory. I bring you good news of great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. He is Christ, the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's respond to God's message by singing joy to the world. Take the opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds.